Hi, I'm Lisa Morton, founder of Roland Dransfield PR. Welcome to We Built This City. With this podcast, I wanted to shine a light on the people who have put the heart into modern Manchester. You can build a city with bricks and mortar, but it's the people that make Manchester great. People like my guest, Adrian Ellis. There's a lot of connections, I think, with Manchester, with the region, with the local guests, regular guests, and our staff members who most of them are from this area and have been with us a very long time. Adrian is the general manager of the Lowry Hotel, the first five-star hotel in Greater Manchester. It's a stunning place that's been right at the heart of luxury hospitality in the region for the past 20 years. Adrian is one of our finest hoteliers. He's chair of the Manchester Hotelies Association. He's also passionate about supporting the next generation through his role as lecturer and ambassador for Manchester Metropolitan University. You're going to hear about a man who leads through great relationships. He loves his staff, he's proud of what he does and he's created a real community here. So I wanted to know, what does it take to foster an atmosphere where all the staff are proud of what they do? How do they work together to see the business live, breathe and grow? And how has Adrian's skill as a leader supported his team in the toughest 12 months we've seen so far for hospitality? There are people you look up to in business. Adrian is one of them. Adrian, thank you for joining me on We Built This City. You're welcome. So you're an adopted Manc, originally from Norfolk, yes. and moved up to GM with your wife, Audrey, over a decade ago. Is that that's right? right? Yeah. I believe you worked at the Victorian Albert some time back. I did, yes. That's probably about 25 years oh, ago. Oh, really? That long yes. ago, was it? There wasn't too many hotels in the city. No? And yeah, I ran that for a few years when it was part of Granada Group. We were one of a few in the city at that time. Even that was a celebrity horns a little bit there, was, wasn't yes, it? Back in yes, day we had a few, the, a few of the productions from, <laughs> yes, exactly, Turning Circle, a few productions stay with us then. Probably more famous for Coronation Street Hangout. I think yes, we were there yeah. for many of the stars. And then you moved back to Manchester almost a decade ago. I was abroad for, yes, all that chunk of time between yeah. leaving the V&A and coming back and then returned back to here about six and a half years ago. And you're also chair of the Manchester Hotels Association, mm. which represents all the GMs in Greater Manchester and the city centre. And we're talking today in the unbelievable presidential suite, mm. which had a big refurb about two years ago. Mm-hmm. And we've just been chatting that some of the most famous celebrities probably in the world have slept or partied in at some point. They have. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Well, they're not a celebrity. I did stay here <laughs> once the night before my friend's wedding about 15 years ago. Whoa. And she's still got the Lowry slippers now. Which <laughs> yeah, it cost her so much she's keeping the slippers. <laughs> and this is the day after you've been able to open those famous front doors after restrictions eased yesterday mm. and there's a real buzz about the place and everyone in the lobbies mm. they're all kind of happy and looking forward to a, a fully booked weekend I believe yes. so you are fully booked this weekend and then bank holiday weekend yeah. so what's it like you've been surprised by the kind of oh, the demand very positively mm. so yes we expected demand to come back staycations we thought would be on the rise and we thought people would come back they've just been locked away for so long and coming back to hotels would be on the agenda So we knew it would come back, but Mm. we didn't expect to be full straight away. So that's been a pleasant surprise. Even the weekdays are better than we thought. So last night, our first night of opening, we had 55% occupancy, which again is quite good. And these are mostly people.
people just coming out for shopping, restaurants, meeting friends, family. So just for leisure purposes. So it's better than we thought. Yeah, hopefully that trend continues. Hopefully. And I walked <laughs> over the bridge to come here and the river room's full and the, and the balcony's full. And it's just, it was right. an amazing sight. The weather makes a mas- yeah. massive difference, yeah. isn't it? So Compared terrace, to yesterday. <laughs> ter- yeah, especially today. Terrace is full, as you said. Mm. We were fully booked last night in the restaurant, right. which is good. Yeah. Uh, this weekend we got 450 meals going out Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So... Yeah, early signs are very positive and you're not quite sure when you first open the doors what will come our way. But yeah, positive signs in the early days. Fantastic. And as an adopted Manc, I know you're somebody with a huge passion for the city region. Mm-hmm. So how did you feel yesterday when you literally opened those doors for oh, the first time? Oh, amazing feeling because actually I've been coming to the hotel every day during yeah. lockdown. We need to have the coverage in the hotel for insurance purposes. So I've been in and out. But of course, I've been on my own or just a few mm-hmm. of us for, for many of those days. So it was great to come back, see the city alive, see our first guests coming back and of course our colleagues returning to work. So great feeling, very upbeat for everybody, both guests and our colleagues alike. So yeah, it was really good to be back at work yesterday. Fantastic. I mean, it's got to have been a really difficult year. We've spoken quite Mm. a bit, haven't we, over the Mm -hmm. past 12 months. How has it been for you and your team in that time? No question, it's been a challenging year. Obviously, business has been very challenging. We've just been able to do business groups. So, But we've literally been opening the door, catering for that business group, and then as soon as they go and closing the doors again. Again. So it's been tough trading. For us personally, I think for everybody, my team, like, even if you're sitting at home, it's been challenging for them both personally mm-hmm. and for their, for their mental well-being. It's tough. We went through all those periods, of course, when we were in tier two and tier three. So all these seem a distant memory yeah. now, but what was challenging for all of us, I think. And we'll get back to normality hopefully fairly soon. And you've had your fair share of elite sports people, haven't mm-hmm. you? Football teams in, yeah. a few dummy coaches. A few dummy coaches, a <laughs> couple of cricket teams. So we've had a bit of that over the, over the last few months, yes. <laughs> so it's kept things interesting. Yeah. What would you say that you've learned about yourself over the past 12 months, like personally or as a leader of a team of people? You can never replace the connectivity you need with both guests and with colleagues so I've learned about myself the importance of doing that even those you know obviously people have suffered unfortunately sadly losses of family members Mm. or loved ones or friends but even those that haven't have been at home can't take for granted I think there was perhaps a feeling at the beginning even the media were saying that people on furlough aren't they lucky being at home and government are paying for their time at home and so on but you can't shy the way. This has been a difficult time for people. Mm-hmm. They can't get out. They can't go and see friends and loved ones. I think I've learned for myself the importance of being connected with people, trying to keep people's spirits high and keep people motivated. So that's a big thing, I think, for all of us. One of the things that struck me, obviously we do a lot of work in the hospitality sector and a few people who've been on the podcast over the past 12 months, like Mary Ellen and, and Corinne mm-hmm. Bell and Simon Ward, mm-hmm. This sector is full of people who are grafters Mm -hmm. and they are doers. And so, therefore, they found that very, very difficult to mm-hmm. just be on furlough and, and mm-hmm. sit outside and, and enjoy the sunshine. So, so that must have been difficult for people who are do long shifts and really understand how to roll the sleeves up. So you must have encountered that situation that people wanted oh, to help 100%. out and couldn't. Yes, 100%. Chefs are a breed in their, exactly. in their own right, aren't yeah. they? And you yeah. mentioned a couple there. Our chef included, I think it's a great analogy because he went through a period of two or three months where... He's literally walking around the, his own home thinking, well, I've done the painting, I've done the decorating, what can I do next? Yeah. Then he went through a period of doing some sort of sporting activity and he was out with his bike and he was playing golf when he could and different things. And now he's he's been back at work on and off for some months now, helping catering for these sports teams. But also he's been doing this at-home dining, which are takeaway boxes. And that's kept him engaged and interested. And he's a 
very much one of those characters who's got itchy feet. He needs to be doing something all the time. One of the traits of our industry in recent months have been the creativity. We've been able to come up with new ideas that at-home dining, I think, has been very popular. And it's kept people engaged, yeah. kept those who've got itchy feet doing things and kept them engaged. And especially in this run-up, we've not just opened the doors yesterday. We've had a bit of a run-up to this where we've been getting ready and prepared. And I think all those days have been uh, much savoured by everybody in terms of preparation and getting them engaged. And those who've got itchy feet have managed to use their talents to the mm-hmm. best. So. And have you found that? A lot of people have said that they've, by being creative, they've been able to engage the brand with a wider audience maybe than yes. they even did before. So when new yes. customers are going to come as a new result of that. New customers are going to come and existing customers think, oh, that's a good mm. idea. So, you know, we've, the, the sort of creative things and everybody's done their own thing. So we've, we've, we've done our at home, which is the takeaway offer, but we've also created gym pods. So instead of the gym, which is quite small and therefore would only cater for two, three, four guests, we've created pods out of meeting rooms and made them into small gym oh, right, space that's and that's great. been uh, well received by everybody we also created a, a few hotels did this but we created office space out of bedrooms or office spaces out the bar where we're offering drinks during the day so we try to do our own bit of creativity and it's got my team stimulated mm-hmm. about coming up with new ideas guests are interested and have used some of those ideas that i just mentioned so yeah and i think it's a good thing that the industries are really uh, enjoyed and adopted very well in the in recent months and that goes across the board doesn't it here i mean obviously as i said the hotel and hospitality sector in greater manchester is so engaged mm-hmm. and they've been so i mean so many heroes in in that sector oh, last night obviously big evening so you gathered mm-hmm. a lot of the gms and their teams mm-hmm. at the hilton hotel yeah it was a great evening and it, of course it was celebrating the reopening of the industry so countdown firstly for the light up campaign for hospitality which was at the Hilton Deansgate so they counted down 10 9 8 7 6 5 4 3 2 1 on the building and looked fantastic some really great photographs yes. that Adam and his team put together so that was really good and then last night we had about 160 hoteliers gathered with the teams we were all celebrating together just you know it was great to be out firstly gathering together that's a plus point we haven't had too many face-to-face gatherings and then secondly just celebrating the reopening it was really nice to have a drink there and just with your colleagues and and show solidarity between the industry that we've managed to open our doors welcome guests welcome our colleagues back and it was a lovely evening and and so nice to see everybody as you say, I mean, the, the images of, of the Hilton lit up oh, every night. And last night there was a heart. So we literally put the heart back yes. into Manchester last night. Indeed. I'm interested to know who was running around those floors every night, making sure that the right switch, <laughs> the right rooms are switched on. That was a lot of pressure. <laughs> we tried to do it at our hotel. It's very hard to do. Of course, you get sort of figures of six and seven all looking obscure and slightly strange uh, connotations of it. So, yeah, I don't know who did that, but it was a very impressive effort, <laughs> very wasn't impressive. it? impressive, yeah. Yeah, definitely uh, in the corner there. But, I mean, it's so true that the hospitality sector is very, very supportive. It was interesting, I was speaking to Karina Mm. from Menagerie yesterday, and she said that 12 months ago, she probably didn't feel that connected with the hospitality sector. Mm. But in the last 12 months, incredibly so. Mm. And that's been such a support. And Mm. she would have probably been very lonely as a business owner without having that support. So how Mm. have, have you really felt that? Yeah, and it's really not, I have to say, it's not one thing or one person or one Mm. industry or one person in the industry has done it. It's a combination. So yes, I do feel better connected. Mm. Um, I think UK Hospitality has to take a lot of credit. They've really rallied the support for the industry. 
but also as a team, I think even in Manchester, we've used our Manchester Hotel Association meetings. We've been meeting almost every two weeks. Plus, you can't forget all those little calls we have with each other. And a lot of it was the understanding in the last 12 months. You read something in the press or a new rule came out, especially during the tiers, and nobody quite understood it. So a GM would just pick up the phone and speak to another general manager from another hotel. And what are you doing? What did you mm. understand? How are you interpreting this? And all that was very helpful in connecting us better as a group. Uh, plus, the, as I said, the trade associations, UK Hospitality, I mentioned, Institute of Hospitality have also been great. Done lots of webinars and informative seminars for everybody. So all, all of this has been very useful in connecting the industry a lot better than it was previously. Like in all crises, I suppose, you know, that's the time when you pull together, don't you? And you can yeah. kind of go forward in a, in a stronger way. Adrian, the Lowry was the first five-star hotel in Greater Manchester and obviously one of the most iconic. We're actually in Salford, but Manchester's tried to claim it as its own, hasn't it? I mean, there's been a little bit of smoke and mirrors sometimes. So what's so special about this place for you? There is a very special feeling. It's 20 years this year since we opened the doors and we're just marginally inside Salford by, the, uh, <laughs> by a hairbreadth from the river. So yeah. it's very closely, very closely connected to the city of Manchester. I think we're, we're, we know we're probably the closest to Dean's Gate, aside from Hilton Dean's Gate, of course. Yeah. Um, so we're very connected to the city centre. Um, in terms of what's special, I think there's a, a unique feature about this hotel. So we're, we're very much, it feels like a boutique hotel when you walk around, when you come as a guest here, yet we're still able to take the bigger events, the bigger groups, the bigger sporting events and the bigger conferences. So it's a combination. We're able to do a bit of both. Many team members have been here almost the whole 20 years. Really? And therefore they know we have a lot of regular guests mm. coming back since day one. So they know the guests very well. They know them by name. So that personal touch has never gone away and, and that there's a real sense of connectivity between guests and uh, and colleagues here. And we try to keep that local connection. You know, I think we were talking a lot about Manchester. We try and keep that not only with what we're doing with the community. We use a lot of local suppliers here. A majority of our suppliers are within 20 miles from, from, from this hotel. So there's a lot of connections, I think, with Manchester, with the region, with the local guests, regular guests, and our staff members who most of them are from this area and have been with us a very long time. That's so nice, a real kind of community feel then. Mm. Obviously, yeah, 20 years, I was knocking around in the bar when you first opened, makes me feel very, very old. Um, so, but there have been some real moments in history, haven't there? And mm. you've been host to some of the biggest stars here. I mean, Lady Gaga, Rihanna, Kylie Minogue, Taylor Swift, Pharrell Williams. Obviously, Jose Mourinho's spent two years and a lot of money here, didn't he? he did. In a, a suite, I think, of racking up over half a million pounds. You won't obviously confirm that, but that's what I read. Um, <laughs> so, can you tell me about some of those A-listers that you've looked after? I mean, who really stands out for you? As you know, in my profession, I can't name names. Absolutely. But we have had a lot of... It's primarily music and football. Mm. I think that's where it lies. We, across the board, we've helped with film, TV productions, different sporting activities. So it's not only that. But football has been a mainstream for the hotel. We're very well connected with lots of the football teams, not only in this country, but also abroad. We've, many of our big nights here, I guess, have been some very big European clubs as well as the national ones here in the UK. And then there's a lot of connectivity because we've been so close to the arena here mm. with, with music. So a lot of the music stars have stayed here, as you said, in the presidential suite. But also the other, we have a lot of other suites. Mm. We've got 14 other suites here. So uh, people have stayed in the suites and they sometimes stay when they're on tour or even when they're playing in other cities here. And if we're very lucky and the guests are very lucky, we sometimes see them in the bar. Yes. And if we're super lucky, <laughs> they play on our piano, which is in the bar late at night. Earth, Wind and Fire were here many 
many years ago. Uh, we had uh, Four Tops. I'm not sure they're still around as a Four Tops, but that was also some time ago, and they've played in the bar. So we've had uh, recently not so many in the bar, but we've had one or two other stars that have come down either as groups or with groups of people, and they've just played a little bit, or they've sung sometimes in the bar. And, and late at night, you can see this occasionally. It's sort of one of our hidden advantages. We stalked it out a few times for the killers when we weren't looking. We knew they were here, but we didn't end up seeing them. You've held some of Manchester's biggest balls, haven't you, in charity yeah. bashes here. And obviously the Manchester Evening News Diary Party, Diary which was party, the, yeah. one of the biggest things on the on the calendar yeah. with Diane Bourne. And she's got her stories, which she's been on the podcast and yeah. told me a few stories about that. But tell me about the, the very famous MHA ball, because that was... Not to be forgotten. <laughs> yes. Well, the MHA ball um, is now too huge to hold at this hotel. So I've been chair for MHA now for five years. And numbers have grown from sort of 400 to we'd had 640 at the last one. So really big numbers. A principal hotel have been helping us out for a number of years uh, because they can take those big numbers. We just had a meeting very recently and planning now for the next one, which will be going to be in January. The ball... In essence, apart from the numbers, it's a really great night for, for celebration for our industry. So we recognize we have 10 awards to recognize the best front of house employee, the best chef, the best person in restaurant and bar. So we have different awards recognizing the different categories of employees that we have working with us. And then we raise a huge amount for local charities. We always pick three to four local charities. And then I think last time, if memory serves me correctly, we raised something like £40,000. And that gets divided between the local charities. So it's a combo, really, of great charity initiative, recognising the best talent. And probably the most important for everybody is getting together as an industry and celebrating the successes of the year. So it's in the diary. Uh, we're already telling people about January 22 and they're getting excited. So it's something to look forward to for our industry as we as we get back to business again. And you always have a really amazing theme, don't you? So yes. we're a couple of themes, the circus theme, that picture of you in that top part still yes, circulating. We've done that. Uh, we've done a, a like a gala dinner, which was a cabaret style top vote at the moment, a sort of Parisian style theme for Fantastic. the coming one in January so we always have a theme tradition now to me to dress up in something when I'm presenting the award or doing the speeches at the end of the evening so yeah we look forward it's a really it's a cracking night and and the hotel industry really looks forward to it fantastic I can't wait for that so at Rotherham Johnsville we obviously do a lot of work in the hotel and hospitality sector and when new operators come to Manchester we know that the ones that thrive are the ones that who are sensible enough not to just think that they can come in and drop their brand into the city but Mm. they have to understand what Manchester wants what it needs what our culture is we need to feel it's our own so what for you when you came here as GM did you feel that the Lowry had captured because Manchester is literally Salford has opened its arms to Lowry so what was it about fitting in with that Manchester culture do you think yeah well I can't because of course I came here it's already 15 years Mm. old but you know I think well, firstly, the name is very synonymous with the with, with the region. So the fact it's called the Lowry Hotel, and I know Rocco Forty, who bought the hotel, had a great affinity with Ellis Lowry, and had even had some of his paintings and artwork. So there was a strong connection with arts and culture because of the name and location, and the fact that Ellis Lowry was also living in this region. But I also felt that we were very well connected with the local community especially with the cultural part so aside from the arts as I mentioned earlier we've also catered for various musicians and artists over the year so our connection with museums with local artists with the artwork in in general was very strong and still is very strong I also felt, you know, when I've worked in London, I've worked there also for many years, it tends to be that a lot of London hotels have employees from all over the world. That tends, tends to be the, be the nature of it. Whereas here in Manchester, 
almost all of our staff are from the local area. And that close connection when I arrived here, it was a very warm welcome, which is very very much typifies Manchester. Um, the staff, as I mentioned, some of them have been here many, many years. And I think that local warmth, that local welcome that we give, the local knowledge that my team have about what to do, where to go and when to go, it's all very, very good. So I think it's a combination of culture and our team, which are very much Mancunian through and through and provide a real spirit of a Manchester welcome. I think those things are what makes us very closely tied up with the city. Mm. Their love of the city, then when you have visitors who aren't from here, they right. can authentically you know, tell people where to go, what the best afternoon will be. Yes, but, yeah. and of course they do. You know, I think part of the job description, you have to advise people about the best restaurant, the best museum and the best, and, and they do that. But what's nice is they also tell them their favourites. So where do they like to go on a Saturday afternoon or where do their parents take them or where do they like to go for walking the dog? And these little extra things, which perhaps you don't get in your job description, this their spirit and heart, uh, which gives this. And, and that's nice to see. That's really lovely. And so obviously you've worked all around the world and you've worked in some of the most amazing hotels. Mm-hmm. So just tell us a bit about that. A quick journey. So I was in Singapore for four years after leaving from the V&A. And that was our first posting. It's always a very special one, your first one away. Of course, I love the great weather and the proximity to the rest of Asia. So that was amazing. And the hotel was a, a countryside property. Um, but Singapore being fairly small, you're still very connected with what's going on there. So great four years there. Then from one extreme to the other, because it was plus 30 degrees every day there. I went to Poland in January, <laughs> uh, which was minus oh 25. Gosh. So, uh, you know, Different huge change. <laughs> in temperature and but loved being in Warsaw uh, there for about three years again great hotel it was one of the it listed as one of the great top 100 hotels in the world at the time we were there it's called the Bristol right in the centre of Warsaw great experience there and the Polish people were, were lovely to us when we first arrived and great times there and then from there we were in Budapest for six years again amazing city beautiful property with Corinthia which of course people know the Corinthia London now so it's the same brand Maltese ownership the biggest hotel I worked in but again a great uh, a great property to be in and from there I took a real leap of faith and went to Azerbaijan and that was probably the most spectacular uh, you can see this hotel from space it's a 36 story glass tower part of what they call the flame yeah. towers complex and you've got three towers there one of which is the hotel and uh, I was there before opening doing all the setting up and then we, I was there during the first couple of years of opening Quite an unusual place because it's, it's one of those uh, places that perhaps will be in the map in 20, 30 years' time. They would like to be the next Dubai. I think there's still some work to do to get to that level. But it was very interesting to be there in the early days when they're developing so much in the city. And then I was fortunate to have a small spell in Bali. If you ask me where would I like to go and live again, I'd say Bali because really? I just love the... I love the climate and the lifestyle and there's some great places to go and the people were warm and friendly. It's a lovely part of the world and I had a few months there and then we returned back to Manchester. So sort of a bit of a whistle stop around the world, but some, you know, it's really hard to say which was my favourite because I haven't had a bad posting. I've been lucky with all of them but uh, and worked with some great properties along the way. So it's been, yeah, it was a lovely and very interesting 16 years. Are there any places or experiences that for you, you straight away will say to visitors, you need to go here if they're asking for some in Manchester yeah yeah I mean 
I love the city, and you know, there's I've got, I've got my recommendations here to go to, to to sites or go to museums and attractions, uh, and I love we we love the art, so we love going to the Lowry Theatre, we love going to the Whitworth Gallery, we we love some of the museums here. So uh, there's some great attractions in the city, but we're big fans of the countryside. We've got a dog, um, so we love going out in the countryside. So you know, whether it's going up to uh, Clitheroe, which is not too far away, or going into Cheshire, going up to we were in Buxton last weekend, visiting some people there. So whether you're going north, south, east or west, you're surrounded by amazing countryside. So, you know, the city's beautiful and we, we love the energy and the attractions in the city and there's some amazing restaurants and um, attractions here. But we also love the fact that you're just in a car and 40 minutes, you can be some most amazing countryside. And that, that often is what's forgotten. When people come to Manchester, they think industrial, north, and therefore you won't have that countryside. But it's not only l- not countryside close, it's amazing countryside, isn't it? Some really beautiful, beautiful. places to go beautiful we were at 20 stores yesterday and just the views there when you realize Fantastic. how close you are to all of that beautiful you know the, the countryside and that outdoor space you say you came here originally in the 90s to manchester yeah to v and a yes v and a yes you yeah. did how much has it changed since oh, then? <laughs> my gosh. Where do you start? It's just almost unrecognisable yeah. from that time, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, the road structure is the same, but everywhere you look, there's so much development, so many new apartments, um, shopping centres, hotels, restaurants. It's vastly changed. The spinning fields wasn't even there. I think mm. it was, I can't remember what was in that spot, but there was no it's spinning just the, fields. the old Manchester Evening News, wasn't yes. it? And some car so park. It's yeah. unrecognisable. I think, I think um, it's a much better place mm. than it was in the 1990s. I mean, it's still attractive then, but I think now there's more for you to do. Mm-hmm. There's more attractions. It's much more cosmopolitan city. And there's so much more, I think, for people to come and move to Manchester. There's so much to see, do and be entertained. Whatever your wish in life is, there's so much that you can that can entertain you. So uh, I think it's growing. And, and as you can see, I think there's still more cranes in this city than anywhere in Europe. So we're not at the end of the road, are we? There's still a lot more development to come. But um, I, I, as you pointed out earlier, I'm not from Manchester, but we do love it here. It's got a great vibe, great energy. And, you know, I think the forward trajectory for the coming years is a very positive one for the city. I think so. And I think even in the past 12 months, a lot of people who haven't been in the city are actually bowled over by how much development there's mm. been in that time, how much the city has changed Huge, when they've been it? in the suburbs. Yeah. And so do you think we're in a very strong place and oh, to build back now? Yeah. Very much so. Mm. And people I've been asked recently about what's what's the future post the pandemic. But, you know, I think we'll go through obviously a period of re-establishing ourselves again in the coming months. But I, I really believe we'll bounce back very quickly in this city. We're always very resilient as a city anyhow. And I do expect, you know, 22 to be a very strong year and possibly back to pre-pandemic levels and 23 definitely. And the forward forward years after that, I think will be, will be very strong. You can see development. There's a lot of faith in the city people you know the investors that come here they don't just it's not a wild guess or a wild speculation from their point of view they really sure that the coming years are going to be strong and you know the i speak on behalf of my owners who own a lot of property they own a lot of hotels they own a lot of development complexes uh, around the world uh, and they're also asking me to keep an eye on opportunities as well in manchester because they also believe there's a great future for the city yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. And I think maybe even for the next 12 months where people might be a little bit less um, confident about travelling abroad, then mm-hmm. we've got 
everything here for a great weekend or a, a you know mini break, haven't we? Yeah, no, no question. And you mentioned the cultural relationship that the Lowry has with the arts, mm. and how important that is to because you've got an art gallery essentially here, haven't you? Now, and there's always got been an art gallery here, and yeah. therefore, and, and you know, we have musicians play uh, in the evenings here on the bar, so we, we have a, a small connection there with the arts world. But yes, I think starting from the name, as I mentioned, for being being connected with Lowry, and we do a lot of work with the Lowry Theatre. Yeah. So we do a lot of joint work, uh, working with um, all sorts of things from a business point of view, plus also recommending all the great events and shows they have here. But also, um, you know, we started with Marketing Manchester, the Cultural Ambassadors Programme, which was all about trying to make sure hotels have a great cultural ambassador within their front office staff, front office group people, who would recommend what's going on in the city and not only recommend, but would know what's going on. And I'm a big fan of that and was 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 right at the forefront of trying to lead that across the city so so that we all recognize what's going on because there's so much cultural offering uh, sometimes people think there isn't but indeed there is so much happening whether it's festivals activities art uh, exhibitions uh, music whatever your interest is there's so much to see and do here for people um, and the culture activity I think will only carry on growing mm-hmm. especially with uh, the new arena that's coming on stream in 24 factory which opens next year so there's so much on offer here and will be on offer in the in the years ahead So you're a huge supporter of people and businesses in Greater Manchester and you're a real connector of people. You're also a lecturer and ambassador for the Manchester Metropolitan University. So a big advocate of supporting young people and I've seen the work that you've done even in the past 12 months where those poor young people graduated, didn't they? Straight into a pandemic and they've struggled but you've really worked hard to support them. Why do you think hospitality is such a great sector for young people to go into? Oh, there's so much opportunity in our industry. You're right, I've been very upset I think in the last 12 months because I s- remember meeting a group of students last April and they came to our bar and they were chatting about opportunities and I remember saying you know it's going to be difficult for us but they saying all of their colleagues from their year were without jobs and I felt so anxious about that so I started two things which we've been doing now for a number of months one is the mentorship scheme which we're mentoring final year students to try to keep them connected in our industry and then we've also been doing forums which have been well attended so we started in Manchester with 50-60 I'm now doing them nationally with sort of 200-250 attending talking up the industry because I think we're really going to go into a period where we're expanding and looking for uh, many new roles coming up in terms of your question about what what makes it good for young people first you've got the the, the variety this industry offers secondly I think the connectivity you have with businesses and you do all sorts of things it's multifaceted in terms of what you can offer for young people coming in the opportunity to travel as we've shared already I've had some great experiences and you know I'm a big advocate of that and I also think these days being a GM that is very achievable and, and there are a lot of opportunities and programs that can lead you there. So I think it's another great reason why young people should get in the industry because you can move fast up the ladder and get to the top very quickly and get into good senior positions and be able to move around and do where, where, live wherever you like in the world. So great opportunities for young people. I've not seen it like that before as general manager because you have to have interest and knowledge of so many different areas mm. of, like you say, business or culture or mm-hmm. sport to understand those sectors because they all are touch points for a hotel, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, very much so, yeah. What's the culture like here? Um, I would say we're a very friendly bunch. 
we're very a lot of industry professionals and people are proud of what they do so whether it's the chef or the head housekeeper or the head of revenue management people are proud to be working here and they're very proud of what they do and the work that they do um, so uh, professional bunts extremely friendly uh, very collaborative so you know we at the end of the day we're not a massive property we're 165 bedrooms so we fall in that sort of middle category in terms of size of building so we all work closely together it's not a vast team so we we're very collaborative in what we do we're always coming up with new ideas ways to change and develop things add new things for both our colleagues and for and for our guests i think we're more and more trying to nurture that talent so we're very much now about bringing in not only students but people who need that opportunity so we work with springboard and we offer them opportunities here we've had some successes working with mustard tree as you know to provide and support the homeless and we've provided a couple of opportunities for them too so we want to try to provide this industry an opportunity for whatever your stages at life opportunities for people to come in and seek the industry and use this as a training ground to uh, a career for, for that individual in our industry and obviously Roland Transfield we, we're very interested in values and how that impacts an organization what kind of things do you expect from your teams when they show up we're looking for first and foremost passion and energy so you've got to have that in drive I, mean, I think almost whatever you do if you don't come with that it's not going to be for you so people have to be passionate we all go through good and bad days and having that passion and energy to drive you through whatever going through in your personal life is so important so that we're looking for we're looking in in many positions for ambition you know I'm a firm believer if we've got positions that come vacant we try to recruit from within so we need people to be ambitious and and move forward we want people to be very connected with their local area so we want people to understand manchester understand the attractions understand what's happening here be the purveyor if you like of the best that's available so people can recommend i think those old those days where concierge was simply there to recommend restaurants and book taxis have gone now i mean large part you can do that on your phone can't you so now i'm encouraging our team members to be recommend experiences so what can you do in manchester so if you like hidden or secret manchester and what will that mean for the guests so they have these great experiences so yeah all these attributes we're looking for an employee a prospective employee to come here so connectivity to locale energy passion for the industry career professionalism i think all of that for us is very crucial yeah and i'll let you have our values before we we did this podcast so is there anything on there that stands out for you so i thought leaders create leaders and that really harps back to what i was saying about nurturing young talent and i thought you know that's us really we are trying to do that and i'm definitely trying to do that and create creating our future leadership for not just for this hotel but for the for the industry leaving the larry as a better place yes. yeah i think that is Good also one. That's a you know that, that's something I have a close affinity with. So you know, all of us passing through as a journey, myself included. Where are you uh, going? Um, you uh, <laughs> are no, you off, no, Adrian? No, nowhere soon. <laughs> nowhere soon. But I know it'll be part of a journey. Yeah. Here. And you know, I hope in my time we would have you know done our bit to improve and leave it for the next yeah. incumbent to carry on growing. So hopefully we do that. The one I really felt closest to, and I love this, is plant trees you'll never see i like that you know you do think don't you in perhaps your later life that you want to leave some sort of legacy and um, the legacy i'd like to think about or at least try to leave is what we can provide for the young talent i mentioned students and that thing i remember when i started out and i was a student there were 60 students in my year 
And after three years, only seven of them were left in hospitality. And that still is in the back of my mind that somehow as an industry, we've not converted that to a, to a higher level. And if I think of engineering and a similar sort of level, they have 90% conversion. They stay in the industry. So we've got to get to that level. So, you know, if I could leave a legacy, it would be getting in this industry to a level where the image, the reputation that we have as an employer of choice and the young people we bring through stay in the industry. If I won't be able to do all of that, but I'd like to do my bit to try and create that sort of legacy for young people. Mm, that's really lovely. And that's my favourite value too as mm-hmm. well. The other thing we talk about at Roland Ransfield is making sure that we really create long-standing and secure relationships you're a master at that and I've seen you in practice what's so important to you about doing that and, and what's your secret um yeah long-standing relations v- very crucial and and that applies to all stakeholders so mm-hmm. guests employees uh, partners that we work with uh, suppliers the whole and owners very important so I think treating each person differently listening to their points of view and what they're telling you working with them in a very collaborative way and understanding their point of view. I think these are all traits that help with a long-standing relationship. And every, I don't treat any of those people I mentioned in the same way. You know, ultimately, same aims are probably there for the business, for us as, a, as an industry. But each person will be treated slightly differently. So, you know, owners will have one perspective on something. The suppliers will be looking for a different uh, angle. Employees and my colleagues here will be looking for something else from what they're doing here. So each person needs time spent with them. You need, as I said, a good listening ear. Um, working with them on what they're looking for in their own goals and initiatives going forward. And I think by doing so and and spending time individually with each of them, I think that helps with a long-standing arrangement, a relationship, which, as you said, we try to cultivate. And I think it's very crucial for our industry. And clearly you've managed to do that here because you've had people that have stayed with the hotel for a very long time. Very long time, yeah. A young man called Sam Hyde on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he's a he's a professional boxer. He's been yeah. boxing since he was very, very young, and he's now got a great gym, and he's a he's got a growing business. And he said that his key to success was, and he's really young to have picked this up, really, but is the fact that not everybody wants to be in the lane that you're in. So even <laughs> though you expect everybody to have the same ambition as you but if you try and take them along the same goal that you've got then you're not going to necessarily get them all over the finish line because they're going to drop off because they don't want to run the speed you're running at I thought it was really interesting and he pointed out that I'd taken longer than he has to figure that out (laughs) (laughs) but clearly that's something that you've done here because people want out of it what they want out they of do. it don't you for their life I, I i have to say in my early years i probably wouldn't have had the same vision or mm. view you appreciate people have got different roles and different ambitions as, as you say in life and therefore you have to treat everybody very differently so and sometimes my own team get confused thinking well hang on you're saying this thing and then the owners have got different perspective but it's not wrong for everybody to be in the same bed together just how you look and work with those people and get the best and, and try to realize their interests and work with them it helps you know, helps foster great relationships applying different things to different people is very crucial for mm. us talking about different things to different people i'm dying to know what are the kind of most outlandish requests you've had and you don't have to say who's made them but you must have had <laughs> some really big requests over the years i had one in baku which is probably the most wild one it was for let's say a king from middle east he asked for 400 bikes this is for a week's day bikes bikes bicycles yeah 400 bicycles uh he asked for four floors of bedrooms which we gave him 
And then the rest were outrageous numbers, like um, 5,000 bunches of flowers, uh, just huge amounts of certain types of water. He tours around the world for 40 weeks and stays in these places with his huge requests. And the 400 bikes, obviously one for him, but the rest are for entourage or people he needs. And he brings huge numbers of people with him and invites visitors from the city he stays with to join. So you have, so that was really quite wild. On a more local level, again, I can't say who it is, but... I think when you have music artists, they always have a a rider, uh, which is a document giving all their requirements for their stay. And, and some of them are, you know, types of mineral water or air conditioning at a certain level, and that's all understandable. But I do remember one not so long ago where the requirement was for blackout and... The people who came before to check to make sure blackout, and we we thought it was blacked out. I mean, it was curtains were closed, doors were locked, and it looked blacked out to me. But he wanted every small centimeter blocked out. So we spent a few hours with my colleagues here going around every inch or gap that you could see in the curtains, under the doors, everywhere. So there wasn't, literally, wasn't a speck of light coming in. <laughs> so we do get some strange requests from time to time, <laughs> running from very huge amounts of items to, to blackout everywhere. And we've got to sellotape the doors and walls. To <laughs> that must be a thing, though, with, with the celebrities, because Karina, when she was at Neighbourhood, she said Miley Cyrus... Yeah, was going over there, and they they sent rolls of vinyl yeah. to go up at the windows, and there was no one to do it. So Karina had to get a credit card out and literally do all the windows herself. Lost all the nails in the process. I can tell you another one, Lisa, which is uh, quite an interesting story because it was a long time ago at the V&A. We also, as you said earlier, we used to have TV stars, and Tony Curtis sadly died now, but he stayed with us, and um, he stayed in one of the suites, and so he arrived on this particular day. I was duty manager. He went up to the room, and him and the adjacent room was for his assistant, and um, took him to the room. He was quite happy. We did everything best for the rider, so the, the chocolates and fruit and everything was there, and uh, he said, um, uh, where's the connecting door for my assistant? So he said, well, you just have to go out in the corridor, and it's the next door. He said, no, no, no. And this wasn't in the rider, by the way. It was his request on spot. So he said, I need a connecting door. So we said, well, there isn't one. So he said, no, you've not heard me. I'm asking you to put in a connecting door. (laughs) And he was there for for about, I think, three weeks. Anyhow, to cut a very long story short, we we actually put in a connecting door. (laughs) We put a door into the wall, uh, built it for him. (laughs) I had to ring Granada Television, of course, to get the permission to do it. But uh, as he was working for them at the time, they agreed on spot, and sure enough, in 24 hours, there was a connecting door. Wow. It has to be important to be able to ask for a connecting door, You know when you made it, when you've got that done for you. <laughs> <laughs> that takes me on to quick fire, Adrian. So, how do you describe Manchester to international visitors who have never been? I think, it, I think, I think it's, a, it's vibrant. I think it's got cultural attractions galore. I think it's got... Um, a great energy I think they've got some of the most amazing restaurants and bars and eating establishments in any city I've ever been to and although at first glance would appear not to have green space and parks and so on actually to me it's one of the best attractions you just have to look them out as I've indicated before surrounded by amazing countryside so there's a lot for the city yeah there's a lot Um, is there a particular greater Mancunian that you would upgrade to this presidential suite that we're staying at after the county's day here for, for good stuff they've done for the city. Can I give you more than one? You can, yeah. Yeah. 
I I would say Norman Foster would be one uh, because he built. If you, have, I'm sure you haven't been here, but he built White City in Baku. I was always very impressed. I've not been though. <laughs> always very impressed with that building, and yeah. he's of course got some amazing other buildings that he created. So I think I'm always impressed with arts, as I mentioned before. But uh, of course, um, artistic establishments and architecture is also one of my likes, and and therefore I think he'd be worthy of upgrading. Brian Cox, I think, would be another. I think this. This city has a sort of scientific slant or bend, doesn't it? And we're Definitely. growing. Uh, we're obviously the home of graphene, but there's a great science link, I think, with this industry. So I think he would be somebody. And um, and Kevin Covens would be another person. I'd. But Kevin Covens um, helped produce a book. I don't know if you've seen it. We have it in our rooms. It's a photographic book about Manchester. Manchester yeah. And uh, I met him several times with the previous owners to this hotel. And I uh, was always impressed with his photography. And he's a very nice man. So, yeah, those are three. There are three pick. very worthy yeah, residents of the presidential suite. What do you order at the Chippy? Um, very boringly, cod, <laughs> chips and mushy peas. I like mushy peas. I'm not from the north and my wife thinks it's, um, what, why, why do I like mushy peas? But I love it. <laughs> so that's what I would pick. A proper adopted monk then. Yeah. Describe Mancunians in three words. I think I would say energetic, positive and gritty. Yeah, gritty for sure. Gritty. I think we are very resilient as a group of people. And uh, for me, me gr- gritty means resilient and determined. Mm. And I, I think Good word. And I think gritty really, I think <laughs> the first two goes with all I've been telling you earlier. But gritty, I think we have in abundance. Don't yeah. we? And that's why I think we'll come out of this pandemic very well, because we're a gritty bunch, aren't we? Definitely, definitely. And then what do you miss most about Manchester when you're not here? Well, I'm going to say, and you probably wouldn't have expected this, I'm going to say green spaces. Now, I, in my free time, apart from going to culture and arts things I've mentioned already, um, I'm, I'm a big walker. We walk at weekends and we've got a dog. And therefore, we've found some great green spaces. So near, I live in Chalton. So near us, we've got Chalton um, and Sale Water Parks, which are beautiful. We also love going to Alexandra Park, which is a real hidden Victorian park. We love it. Um, Sale Park is near here too. Um, so I think there's some great little parks in Manchester, which I love. And I probably not many people have told you in podcasts that the parks are the number one thing. But I honestly think they're beautiful hidden gems in the city that not a lot of people know about. That is so true. And people haven't really said that, but I realised that I did walk past you on the towpath and <laughs> I was on the phone as I always am. And, I, and then you with your wife and the dog. And before I realised it gone past you, but same for me. So I live in Brooklyn's in Sale. And since lockdown, I've walked everywhere, but you can get Chilton Water Park, two water parks and a yeah. go. And I, that's my go-to now. Yeah. It's just a wonderful walk, isn't it? When I moved to Manchester, you know, you drive around the city and think, well, where's the green spaces mm. you have to look them out and mm. the, but there's some beautiful ones and we're always t- telling the guests here um we started a run here mm. and you know we've started running this is for guests and for for colleagues uh, we started the run up to dean's gate and back again but of course there is a lot of traffic and buildings so now we've got a run that goes up chapel street uh round past the university up through that lovely park peel behind park. the university peel Amazing. park and back round. it's about 5k back here and we do it as a group here i mean do it for, for the staff event but we also do it for for guests and it's lovely and people say well never realized there's such a beautiful park in a stone's throw from the hotel so it's nice to have it on your doorstep and that park's going to be reimagined so that it will actually you'll see the greenery and, the, and obviously mm. it's the, the river isn't it and the green park there so it's just hidden you don't you kind of drive past that all the time on chapel street i and took don't my see wife it. there about six months ago we've been here as i said nearly six years and uh i said we're going to peel park today she said 
where and so it says just near the hotel and we drove there and she said well there's no park here so i said well we'll just walk past university and there it is and it's beautiful isn't it it's so lovely. nicely done and so yeah, as i said we're very close yeah you have to watch out for me <laughs> and then we love alexander park i think that's also a great park yeah. we love the cafe in the middle there so we a uh, sunday walk for us is walking the dog around there have, have a, a cake and a coffee there. It's just, it's lovely. There's some yeah, real gems. There are, in you're absolutely there. right. Absolutely. <laughs> so just lastly, a day at the Lowry, when you go out at the end of a, a long day, finish for the day and go and put your feet up, when do you know it's been a really great day? When do you know mm. that it's been a successful day here for your team and for visitors? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is for us is stemmed around the feedback we get. So, you know, I think for us, a great day here is when you've done a, a big event mm. or we've had a VIP or a group stay here and you've had some great feedback. That's a buzz for everybody, even something on TripAdvisor, something, yeah. a letter you receive. So so people don't write letters these days, do they, very no, often? And, no, no. You know, shame. we had one not so long ago. <laughs> we had a letter and I circulated and it was a buzz for everybody and for me too. So. Uh, that for me is a great day when you can go home and the knowledge that the day you've been and you're only as good the day you've been working in has gone well mm. and you've got some great feedback and the events have gone well and the guests are happy, then we're happy. Brilliant. So thank you so much for joining me on We Built This City, Adrian. And it's been great to get an insight into how you lead uh, the team here and what it's like in the working day at the Lowry and also how you've got through the past 12 months and everyone today in this hotel is smiling as we've kind of walked through the lobby and upstairs. Mm. Um, good luck with this weekend. You're fully booked and bank holiday weekend. And I hope this uh, the next 12 months is going to be great and much much better than the last one. Yeah, well, it's got to be bad for <laughs> yes. sure. But thank you very much. And thank of course, you. always lovely to work uh, work with Roland Dransfield and with yourself Lisa so thank you very much we for love everything. working with you and we can't wait for the ball in January yes we'll be, <laughs> we'll be first there I'm going to get a fancy <laughs> dress sorted very quickly <laughs> thanks so thank much you. thank you Adrian Ellis helped to build this city by treating each person differently by putting in connecting doors and by committing to leaving the Lowry in a better place Adrian is such a great leader of people, much like Sam Hyde, the boxer I mentioned earlier. You can catch Sam, who's Mank46, in the We Built This City feed. If you want to find out more about how you can work with us at Roland Ransfield to improve your relationships, build your values and leave a legacy, then head to rdpr.co.uk or give us a call on the number we've had for the past 25 years, 0161 236 1122. Thank you and see you next time.